Welcome back into one-on-one, New York's longest-running sports call-in show. I'm Andrew Galata alongside Brian Raybacks, and we are joined by a very special guest and WFUV alum. He's the New York Yankees scoreboard and digital host and reporter, and also he's the co-host of Towing the Slab with David Cohen on John Boy Media. Justin Shackle, how are you doing, Justin? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming on. Definitely really appreciate it. And in our last segment, we were talking all about the MLB lockout. And obviously, there's a ton of stuff to get into there. But I wanted to ask you how it really, what's its implications for the Yankees? Because obviously, um, you know, they didn't do a lot pre-lockout. Some people think, you know, they have more to do post-lockout. But what do you think the implication on the lockout specifically um, has implications for the Yankees? I, I probably heard about 90% of the question before it dropped. So I was, okay. I was, I was rearing a go. Um, <laughs> I think you were asking uh, yeah. you know, how this, how this really affects the Yankees. Exactly. Right? Yes. So I think they're, you know, one of 30 teams, they are kind of all affected the same way. I think there are going to be unintended consequences from the lockout. Uh, definitely, you know, aside from, the the urgency that the league is trying to create i don't think you're going to have it here on december 4th i yeah. think you know by february 4th you 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 could have it but i think the unintended consequences of something like this are you know teams shifting or pivoting aggressively in one direction coming out of the lockout immediately and what i mean by that is there's going to be a certain type of player that is kind of left in the dust here and and talking about like maybe middle tier free agents where it, it could still be enticing for clubs to go the cheaper younger route with guys that they are looking at as more controllable than those you know the middle tier t- free agents that aren't necessarily the big star names that we've seen come off the board so far people like you know the Seegers, the Semians, and you know the Verlanders the Scherzers I think there's that middle tier that could you know be falling into that category of the unknown and yeah the Yankees were were pretty quiet leading up to the lockout but so were a bunch of other playoff teams from from last season you know only two teams that really went crazy during this frenzy from the last week or so it's the Blue Jays and I off the top of my head, I, uh, the Marlins, yeah, the, the, the Blue Jays and the Marlins, you know, they, they made the playoffs in the expanded playoff format in 2020. But other than that, the, the Rangers, the Mets, um, they, none of these teams have been consistent postseason contenders. So yeah, you have the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, they were kind of staying quiet here, but I, I think the rules apply to them just as much as, they do to some of these other teams that you saw were very active. So I don't think there's going to be a, a big drastic change. They're going to have to hurry coming out of the lockout for sure, but every team is going to. Now, Justin, as we alluded to prior to the lockout, there was a massive free agent frenzy. Players were signing left and right. You know, Corey Seager got off the board, Marcus Semyon, Robbie Ray, a lot of guys that the Yankees were rumored to have their eyes on, and they obviously went to different teams, and the Yankees didn't do a whole lot. Do you think there's a player that went off the board that the Yankees, you feel, could have made a bigger push for? Well, it all depends on what they're what they're looking for, what they're interested in, right? And yeah. only you know behind those doors do they know exactly what they want. So, you know, what you, there's a lot on Twitter of you know Yankee fans clamoring <laughs> for this guy and that guy in free agency and watching 
maybe a Max Scherzer going to the Mets or a Justin Verlander going back to the Astros. So that deal isn't officially complete now. Yeah. They didn't get the the deal finalized before the lockout was uh, incorporated here. So he's kind of up in the air. But, it, you know, there, there are probably factors that we haven't heard about yet. I know a guy like Robbie Ray completely did not want to hear from a team in New York. So you yeah. can't fault the Yankees for not, you know, grabbing Robbie Ray. He went to Seattle, kind of went as far away from New York as you possibly <laughs> could. You, you know, Max Scherzer, you know, from everything that we've heard, uh, it, it seems, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, put, put anything behind this here, but it seems like he's a National League guy at this point in his yeah. career, right? So I, th- I think he definitely took the biggest bag and he probably should because of his role on the Players Association Executive Subcommittee. But the Mets were going someplace where no other team was going. Mm-hmm. Um, other players like Seager, well, then you you look at and, and you ask yourself, man, do we really want to commit 10 more years to someone? So in my opinion, if I was building a team, I would stay away from the 10-year contracts. I would like to try and eliminate as many three true outcome guys on my roster as possible. I don't think you could do that in one full swoop. So the players that the Yankees have largely been connected to specifically at shortstop are still out there. Yeah. Carlos Correa, Trevor story. So if they want to make the big splash with the big name at shortstop versus going for a stopgap, and those options are still out there as well. It's tough for me to get really up in arms about the inactivity with the Yankees. Are they off to a good start aesthetically? No, (laughs) but we're a long way away from the 2022 season starting. I think we're closer to the end of the season than we are to the start of next season. So there's still a long way to go. If they don't make a move, if you know, you're kind of looking at this roster the same way it is now, say on February 10th or Whenever spring training gets rolling, then yeah, I think you have a right to make some noise there. But as of right now, I can't get too worked up behind what the Yankees haven't done because the options are still out there. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I, you know, you look at all the options, definitely there. And, you know, whether they make the big splash or maybe go for a few more like role player types, what positions do you feel like you see them making the biggest moves? Obviously, shortstop's been an area that they've been rumored to be interested in. But what other positions kind of do you feel like they need to kind of solidify and round out their roster? I definitely subscribe to the notion. And this is something that I kind of learned early on in my baseball career. You are only as strong of a team as you are up the middle. So catcher, second base, shortstop, center field. Seems like they're going to stick with Gary Sanchez for his last year of team control. I think there were some options out there that they checked in on and they pivoted away from. And look, there's still plenty of offseason left. You you don't, you know, nothing's etched in stone at the catching position. But I think going up the middle with those positions, I think that is high on their to-do list. I think getting a first baseman is up there as well. Uh, I believe despite the strides that the pitching staff as a whole made in 2021, I think you still need that one, a type pitcher behind Garrett Cole. If you kind of want to leave no doubt with this roster and with this championship core and it's window coming to a close, let's, you know, not make any mistake about it. The window is closing more than it is opening as of right now. 
They're only a couple of moves away yeah. from maybe that narrative changing and that window opening again. But I really think you need another solid starting pitcher behind Garrett Cole for reasons, you know, number one, again, like I said, leave no doubt to maximize these early seasons on Garrett Cole's contract, because this is the time now to win when Garrett Cole is in years, you know, two, three, four, the front end of that deal. And I also believe you know, another reliever can't hurt, but bottom line is try and fix up the middle, try and become more athletic by addressing the positions up the middle first base and another starter behind Garrett Cole. Yeah. There's certainly a few areas that the Yankees have the ability to address, but focusing specifically on shortstops, you know, the Yankees have been linked to Carlos Correa and Trevor Story who are still available, but we've also heard that they may not be in exactly on the top tier shortstop. So do you think it's absolutely necessary for the Yankees to get a shortstop or do you think it's fine to settle for less given that you have guys like Anthony Volpe in your minor league system? I personally think that whatever comes from the Volpes and the Perazes of the world is icing on the cake. I think the big name shortstops who are proven at the major league level are out there. I think you should be aggressive in trying to lock them up. And then you figure out what to do with the prospects down the road when they're here and they've shown that they belong. I think those are good problems to have. I think those are champagne problems. The New York Yankees are in the business of champagne problems. <laughs> that being said, I think you can absolutely go in a different direction at shortstop if you are going harder at addressing other positions. So if you maybe look at the names that were floating around that are not Story, that are not Correa, you have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa being there, you have Andrelton Simmons, seems like you know he, he needs to be a Yankee at some point just for that those rumors to you know come to fruition after years and years and years. If you go that route, well, then I could definitely see them going much harder at addressing first base, whether it be with a, a Freddie Freeman or a trade for a Matt Olson or doing some other move that no one's really having on their radar at the moment. Kind of the Yankees' best moves happen when nobody sees it and it, they, they come about and the kind of the team's announcing the move before though there are those rumors and rumbling. So I think they do their best work when they're kind of lurking in the shadows, kind of, you know, crouched down beneath the weeds and all that stuff. And, and that's when the Yankees are at their best in the off season. That could definitely happen. And I think you're going to get one way or another between shortstop and first base. You're either going to have a, a strong shortstop or a possible, you know, picture that we are pretty familiar with at first base, whether it be a Luke Voigt, DJ LeMahieu playing there, or vice versa, a, a lesser known commodity at shortstop with a more strong replacement type player at first base. And again, the, the names at the top of that list, the Freemans, the Olsons, type of player like that and one more question just before you let you before we let you go um your podcast towing the slab with david Cohn. what's it been like to work with you know a yankee great really a pitching great uh david Cohn. what's it been like to work with him and kind of have that podcast just was curious about that yeah so i'm i mean i'm in i'm in my mid-30s yeah. the teams of the 90s are my teams the players are my yeah. guys right joe torrey is 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 my manager, so to speak. And I grew up watching those teams with my grandmother and David Cohn was, was right there. 
and you know if she was still alive she she would technically be 100 years old next year I'm, and wow. i keep thinking my old italian grandmother right <laughs> if she was still alive what she would be it's things that you know you can't say on the radio that's what <laughs> she would be saying the fact that her grandson's hosting a podcast with with a guy like david Cohn. so it's it's awesome learning a lot i've, I've been blessed to kind of have a relationship with david before we started this project it's been great been great getting to to work with him more james Smythe as well and the whole entire crew at john boy has been a bunch of fun and we've had you know we've had some awesome guests on so far in the in the pitching world we're going to continue doing that as well so it's been a real we're only about a month and a half two months in but it has been an awesome experience for sure uh, definitely sounds good. Definitely check out Towing This Lab with uh, Justin Shackle, David Cohen here on John Boy Media. Shackle's also the Yankees scoreboard and digital host and reporter. Thank you for joining us, Justin. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Happy holidays. Yeah, you too. We'll be right back on One on One, New York's longest-running sports call-in show.